Welcome to my Parsha share for Parsha's Nosso. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. As you know, we uh, had a wonderful interview a few moments ago with Rabbi Riskin. You're able to catch that on my website, www.rabbidunner.com. And in fact, if you go to the library section of rabbidunner.com, you can find many, many hundreds of interviews, articles, lectures, shiurim, uh, that is what the website is there for. Of course, you can go to the YouTube channel, the SoundCloud channel as well. I have my own channel on both. And uh, many years worth of shiurim, lectures, uh, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I know that uh, many people have logged on and been downloading my shiurim and looking at my articles online. I'm uh, delighted that I'm able to share my Torah using so many different types of media. And I'm, of course, grateful that people come on live on Zoom, particularly at this difficult moment when we are still under, now no longer quarantine, we're under curfew here in Los Angeles because of some of the difficulties we've been experiencing with the protests and uh, riots and looting. Anyway, I want to turn to something more positive, to distract you from the elements of life which are perhaps not so, uh, not so enjoyable, rather more challenging. Let's distract you. We're going to digress. We're going to talk about a wonderful piece in Parshas Nosei, which although it gets overlooked, we are very familiar with. And that, of course, is the piece of Parshas Nosei, which talks about Birkas Kernim. Let me just find it here in my Chumish, and then we can begin. So Parshas Nosei is dominated at the end by the, by the uh, Parsha, which talks about the gifts that were given by the Nasim, the princes of the Jewish nation, at the dedication of the Mishkan, the first ever sanctuary to God, our very first temple. But just tucked away before there, we have in, in Perik Vov, Pasuk Chof Beis, it begins as follows. I'm going to read you the Psukim and then I'm going to read you a beautiful Nasivus Shalom. Vayedaber Hashem el Moshe Lemar. God spoke to Moses and he said to him as follows, Please tell the Jewish people, Daber Tell Aaron and his children. Lemur as follows, Koi suvaruchu es b'nei Yisrael. So should you bless the b'nei Yisrael, the Jewish nation, the children of Israel. Amoy lohem. This is the formula that you should use, that you should utter. Aaron, your children, your descendants, when you bless the nation. We know this blessing. We know it very, very well. It's called Birkat Kohanim. It carries the identification of the priests, the priests who tended to the religious and uh, ritual needs of the Jewish nation. For all intents and purposes, they were the religious leaders of the Jewish nation until such time as the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed and we became totally devoted to the concept of rabbis. But for many centuries, there were no such thing as rabbis who tended to the religious needs. Rabbis uh, tended to the social needs of the Jewish nation and they carried the Masorah. They carried, as I've been speaking about in my Pirkei Avot Shiurim, they carried the traditional 
um, aspects of Jewish life in terms of carrying from one generation and passing it over to the next. But the ritual needs of the Jewish nation, those functions were carried out by the priestly class and their most important function in terms of the nation, the most visible function, was their ability to bless the Jewish nation using a pre-scripted formula that can be found in Parshas Nasa in Perik Vov of Bamidbar. Here is the formula. Yevarechacha Hashem veYishmerecha. You're familiar with it. You know it very well. God should bless you and safeguard you. Yo'er Hashem Ponov Elecha. God should illuminate his countenance towards you. Vichuneka. And he should be gracious to you. What's the root of the word vichuneka? Chain. Chain. Graciousness. God should be gracious towards you. And finally, Yiso Hashem Ponovelecha. May God lift his countenance to you. And establish peace for you. And one final pasuk, for those of you who are familiar with Nusach Sfarad, you'll know because you say this every morning, Ashkenaz, we don't. Let them place my name upon the Jewish people and I shall bless them. So the question which arises out of this a series, very short series of Pesukim that describes Berikat Kohanim, is why should it be that the Jewish nation needs an intermediary in order to bless them? What's the problem with God blessing us directly? Why is it that we need this messenger group known as Kohanim to bless us? And after all, and this was the Taina of Korach, he says, we're all holy. Kulam Kadoshim. Why can't I bless the Kohanim? Why is it that I need the Kohen to bless me? And who's going to bless the Kohanim? It's another question. They also need to be blessed. Where is the blessing for the Kohanim? So I'm not going to delve any more deeply into the questions because we're going to see that the Nesivas Sholem addresses all of these questions and more and comes up with a beautiful interpretation of the whole concept of Birkat Kohanim and those who execute Birkat Kohanim, the priests themselves. And that's what I want to share with you today. By the way, today is the yard site of the Nesivas Sholem's father-in-law, the previous Slonim Rebbe before him, the Virkisavram, I think his name was, and uh, we we will dedicate our learning today to his memory. May his neshama have an aliyah and may we be zochet to see tchias hamesim. So he begins by quoting the psukim and he says as follows, Yesh levar inyan birkas konim. It is incumbent upon us to try and explain the whole concept, the issue of birkat konim, the blessing of the priests. What exactly is the meaning of blessing? That somehow the concept of a bracha is 
that yourself you wouldn't be able to gain the benefit of that blessing if you try to, as it were, bless yourself. But nevertheless, that blessing can occur if somebody else blesses you. Interesting idea, right? If I say, bless you, or I come and give you a blessing, you should be extremely successful. Why is my blessing of more value than anything that you could achieve for yourself by, let's say, praying? Let's say I pray to Hashem, I want to be successful in business, or I want to have good health. Surely that should work. Why do I need someone else to bless me? What's the advantage of the blessing that I get from a third party? Oid Sorich Bir says the Nesivas Shalom. We also need to understand Nusach Habracha, the actual Nusach, the formula that is used for the blessing. Asher Kedushonu the blessing that the priests make before they actually make a Bracha before they say Yavarecha Hashem Vayishmarecha. What do they say? So let's just quickly um, summarize a Bracha. There's two types of brachas that you can make. For example, I have here a drink. I made a bracha before. I said to Hashem, uh, I said, That's a bracha that you make, and then I take a drink. Then there's another type of bracha. A bracha for a mitzvah. For example, on Sukkot, I take a lulav. What's the bracha I make? On a lulav, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam. Now I add something, a few extra words. What are they? Asher Kedushanu b'Mitzvaisav v'Tzivanu. Not only are you blessed, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu, our God, Melech Olam, Master of the Universe, King of the Universe. I'm now going to say Asher Kedushanu, who has sanctified us b'Mitzvaisav with His Mitzvahs v'Tzivanu, and commanded us. And here we're going to say, al natilas luluv, if I'm shaking a luluv. Or I'm going to say, if I'm putting up a mezuzah, likvoya mezuzah. If I'm going to uh, put on a tzitzis, lezhatev patzitzis. Whatever the mitzvah is, alachilas matzah. Asher kedushanu b'mitzvah alachilas matzah. What is the bracha that the kohanim make, the priests make before they do birkat kohanim? They say, yivarecha Hashem v'yishmerecha, but before that they make a bracha. Baruch atah Hashem lekeinu melech oilam. So, okay, that's common to every bracha. What should they say then? Asher kedushanu mitzvahs of etzivanu. Levarech es amo Yisrael. Right, that should be the bracha. To bless his nation, Israel. That should be the bracha. What is the actual bracha? Asher kedushanu. And then they add something. It's not in any other bracha that anybody ever says. Who sanctified us with the sanctity, the sacredness of Aaron. What? How does that get included in the bracha? What's that doing there? Okay, ignore that for a moment. Surely then should be a period. No, no, they add a word. With love who commanded us to bless the Jewish nation, his Jewish nation, with love. What happens if they're not feeling particularly loving that day? They can't make the bracha? They can't do Yivarechacha? So that's the question the Nesivas Shalom has. Tzorach bi'a nusach 
Habrocha, the actual nusach of the brocha that the Kohanim make. It's not the same formula that is used for all other mitzvahs, etc. Why is it that in this particular bracha, that when Chazal created the formula for this bracha, that they included in it the sanctity of Aharon, Aaron, the original high priest, Vagam, Masha Omrim Levarech is Amo Yisrael Ba'ahava. The fact that uh, the um, formula includes the word Ba'ahava with love. She'im Omnom Birkas Kohanim Tricho Liyos Ba'ahava. Does that mean that the Birkas Kohanim that they have to say has to be Ba'ahava? Kedi Isa Bazar Kodosh, Kokoin to who Lorachim La'ama, Oi Amo Lorachmin Lei. Any Kohen who doesn't have feelings of sympathy towards the nation, or the nation has no feeling of sympathy towards him, he shouldn't ever stand up and do the blessing. The fact that that's the case is only an aspect of the mitzvah in and of itself, but not something to be included in the bracha, says the Nesiva Shalom. There's, for example, how do we, uh, what's, what's the luluv? So we mentioned luluv, it's a good example, right? It, the fact is a luluv has to be, according to certain ways, particularly an esrug, an esrug has to be uh, pre-eitz hodor, it has to be beautiful, it can't have any flecks on it, it can't have the pitum being cut off, it has to be complete. But do we have to put that in the brocha? Is that something, that when you say al-natilas luluv, do we also mention the brocha, by the way, and the esrug also has to be perfect? No, of course not. You just say, I shake it to Sean, mitzvah of Zibalu, on the Tilas Lulav, and you shake the Lulav, and the Esrig, the Hadassim, and the Arovas. Very nice. So, why do I have to put Ba'ava? So, you're going to say, because the Zohar says that there has to be feelings of sympathy and mutual, mutual empathy between the Kohanim and the congregation that he is blessing? Very nice. Okay, that's a that's the part of the Halacha. When you learn the Halacha, Sabrikas Kohanim, you'll know that don't get up and give brachas to a congregation that you don't particularly like. Because stay at home. But you don't put it in the bracha. Why does it have to have Ba'ahava in the bracha? Zehurak din midine mitzvah madua nikva zois benutzach bracha, says the Nesivah Shalom. Says the Nesivah Shalom, he continues, ve'yesh leva'er ha'inyan. Let's explain the whole thing. Let's look at this entire thing in the round so we can understand everything about Birkas Kohenim. Today, this is a one-stop shop share to understand the concept of Birkas Kohenim. You've probably never done it before. You have probably never looked into Birkas Kohenim. You come to Shul, Svaradim, do it on a regular basis. We Ashkenazim and Chutzla Oritz, we do it uh, only uh, on Yomim Toivim. In Eretz Yisrael, they do it every day. You've probably never thought about it before. You've probably never thought about the fact that there is this concept of Birkas Kohenim. Of course, well, priests are one of the things they need to do. They get called up for Kohen. And also, when it comes to a particular time in Chazorah Sashatz, they have to go up to the front, they take their shoes off, and they do Brikas Kohenim, we look into our Siddha, and they say, Yivarechacha, etc., etc. What's it all about? What is it all about? What is Judaism all about if we don't look into it? Are we automatons? Are we robots? Of course not. We need to understand it. And the Nesivas Shalom is going to help us today to understand Birkas Kohenim. You are going to end this year today being much more knowledgeable and perhaps knowing everything you need to know 
about the concept of the priestly blessing. So stay with me here. Let's hope we get it get through it within an hour. The entire universe was created with this concept. I'm I'm going to translate it as cause and effect. It's not a perfect translation, but for the purposes of this shear, it's going to make the most sense. I'm just here initially, I'm going to explain what I mean. There are those who are giving, there are those or things that give over something, and there are those that receive. There's transmit and there's receive. I'm going to call it cause and effect. There are things that are the cause in nature or the cause in creation, and there are things that are the effect, that receive, that are the results of whatever it is that has caused it. The creation of man and every creation was was as a result of cause and effect. Let's look at two aspects of nature. One of them is called sun and the other one is called rain. Sun and rain are in the category of cause. V'ha'aretz, earth, land, what is that? Is mekabeles, it receives, it is the effect of the sun and the rain, is reflected in the earth. V'ha'aretz, as a result of whatever it is the sun and the rain gives to the aretz, to the land, to the earth, it is able to produce that which comes out of the ground. Do you want to know what connects these two aspects of creation? It's going to sound very esoteric and Kabbalistic. Do you know why? Because it is. Do you know what those two things are? What connects those two things? Ahava, love. We just heard from Rabbi Riskin that the very name of Hashem, Yudke Vovke, the root of the word is Ahava, love. If you want to understand what drives creation, it is love. Love is the catalyst, is what generates life between the Mashpia and the Makabel. Ubichlala Kosuv ki omarti oilom yechesed yibone. The Pasuk in Tehillim says, look it, up, look it up, Tehillim chapter 29. Creation, the universe was created, was built via the concept of chesed, of kindness. Shekol binyan ha'oilom hu'alidei midas ahavo. The entire foundation of the universe is through the Midah, the attribute, God's attribute of love, Sha'al Yoda, because via that attribute, Hakesher Bein Hamashbial Makabel, it connects the cause and the effect. And just as we can recognize, cause and effect in nature, 
so too there is this idea of cause and effect in spiritual matters, in matters which are beyond nature. They can only exist, spiritual matter, spiritual things can only exist through this medium of cause and effect. It is not possible for any person to receive any spiritual benefit if there is no cause. It's not there just there. It's not something that is just there happenstance. There has to be a mashpia in order for that spiritual effect to take place. And the same connection exists between the mashpia of spirituality and the makabel of spirituality and that connection is nothing more than ahava. That's what it is, love. If you want to know how blessing can be drawn, how are you going to receive the blessing? What can be done to receive a blessing? Why should you be blessed at all? It's totally supernatural to have a blessing. Why should you be blessed? It's lemalo miderachateva. We're talking about things for which you need a blessing. In the natural course of events, you may not get it. In the natural course of events, for example, if somebody is sick, in the natural course of events, our bodies deteriorate and we cannot possibly survive. How are we going to survive? So we have a bracha, it's called a bracha for a refuah shalema. How are we going to achieve that bracha? It's lemala minateva. It's supernatural. Because according to nature, you shouldn't get that bracha. So why do you get it? It's supernatural. Lemala minateva. Binyonim altiviim. It's not a natural thing for it to happen. Umavarachim shahabracha tishmar oischa. And therefore, those who bless are blessing that the, the creating a blessing that should act to guard you and to create the possibility for that bracha to take effect. The whole idea of a bracha is that you inject it into nature using this paradigm of cause and effect. Because as a result of this bracha from the mashpia, the makabel will receive a bracha which is supernatural, which is over and above that which is natural. We have seen that in our Patriarchs' lives, this concept of bracha was focused on very much. There was this idea of a bracha from Abraham to Isaac. Why did Isaac need a bracha? He was a very holy man. What did he need a bracha for from Abraham? No, he doesn't need a bracha. He's very holy. He gets up every morning for shachris, he davens, he's very religious. He believes in Hashem. He does everything Hashem wants from him. What did he need a bracha for? No. You want to achieve something which is over and above? That which you should receive, you need a bracha. 
For that you need the mashpia. Who's the mashpia in that case? Avraham. Avraham gave a bracha to Yitzchak. What happened to that bracha? Ubirkas Yitzchak liyakov. Ah. So now Yitzchak has this bracha. He can keep it for himself. Or he can give it over to his children. He gave it to Yaakov. He received this bracha, the mashpia, who was the makabel. It was Yaakov Avin, it was Jacob. What happened in Vayechi? The last thing that Yaakov Avinu did with his children, he gave them brachas. Why? He was the mashpia. What were they? They were makabel, the bracha. What does it say when it comes to Yaakov Avinu coming to his father to get the bracha? Yitzchok says, make these wonderful foods for me. And then he brings him close and he says, I'm going to give you the bracha. Because Yitzchok wanted to have the maximum level of love for his son before he gave him the blessing. He wanted to be the mashpia, the cause Par excellence. In order for the bracha to be at its maximum level of power, there has to be love. That is the ingredient that generates this supernatural ability for blessing to have the effect that is required on the makabel. It is the connecting element between the mashpia and the makabel. And just as in the personal interactions between people, you need cause and effect, mashpia and makabel. Also in general terms, not just in private terms between two individuals, but in general terms. God created a cause in order to generate bracha for the Jewish nation. And that cause was personified through the medium of one particular individual and then his descendants. And that was Aharon HaKoyen, Aaron the priest, the brother of Moshe Rabbeinu. Who was he? What was his principal attribute? He was a lover of Sholem and he was someone who chased after, who pursued Sholem. Like the Mishnah says, he was somebody who loved humanity, loved the, um, God's creatures and he brought them closer to Torah, he brought them closer to God's message. Where did he draw this strength to be this Oyev Sholem, Veroidev Sholem, etc.? He drew it from the Middah of Ahava, from this attribute of love that he personified. He was able to be Makarev people to Torah because he loved them. That love made him into a mashpia who could find those who were makablim. That was his ability. And this, in fact, is the theme. It's the central plank. It's the most important feature of birkas koanim, 
of the priestly blessing that God gave to the Jewish nation. To further this concept of bracha, of blessing, through a mashpia, through a cause, so that there is an effect. And we've answered the question of why in the bracha, uniquely for Birkas Kohanim, we have this idea of we could have just said but no, that would have missed the point. The whole point is that there is a mashpia who embodies love, who personifies ahava, and that is the sanctity, it's the central theme, it's what makes Aaron sacred. Because he personifies love for the Jewish nation. That's the way the bracha works. That is the very source, the origin, the root of the power of the blessing of the priests. What is the sacredness, the holiness of Aaron? And that which he was holy in, that he had love for the Jewish people, he gave over as a family trait, as a, as a family characteristic to his children after him. And it's only through their love for the Jewish nation that Kohanim, that priests have this ability to bless the Jewish nation. Now we've answered that question as well. That is the reason why the word Ahava has to appear in the Brocha. It's not dry. It's not just a fact, like I'm shaking Lulav. Okay, there's lots of alochas about Lulav. So when I went to buy my Lulav and my Esrug, or when I went to buy Matzah, I wanted to make sure it wasn't Chomet, or all of those things are wonderful. They come to make the Brocha, Sheikh Matzah, eat the Matzah, and that's it. No. Birkas Kernim, the whole point of Birkas Kernim is with love. That's the whole point. Without it, there's no Brocha. Because without it, the Mashpia can never make that connection with the Makabel. The Makabel can only receive the Brocha through Ahava. And if there's no Ahava, there's no Brocha. So it has to be part of the actual Brocha the Kohanim make. That's the whole point. Without Ahava, there's no Brocha. Because the whole foundation of the blessing that the Kohanim give to the Jewish people is by, via the fact that they have a hava for the Jewish people. Because this is what connects them as the cause to the Jewish nation, which is the effect. And through it, they can perpetuate the wonderful, heavenly blessing that God wants to give to the Jewish people. And specifically, this concept of blessing, which is 
What is the whole purpose of a Jewish person being on this, in this world? What, what are we doing here? Why are you here? What's the, what's the meaning of life? Big question? No, that, that's an important question. You should wake up every morning with that question. It's not a meaningless question. It's not a random question. It's an important question. It's, it's at the very center of who we are. I want to ask you a question. Why did you wake up this morning? To eat breakfast? To go to work? To watch the news on TV? To read a book? To phone somebody? Oh, no, no. You were put here for a purpose. What, what is the purpose of why you're here? To come close to Hashem. Now, we need to do lots of things to come close to Hashem. For example, we need to eat breakfast. If we don't eat breakfast, we're not going to get close to Hashem because all we're going to think about is food. But if you think that the purpose of your life is to eat breakfast, you're making a big mistake. Your purpose in life is worded beautifully here by the Nesivas Shalom. Kirva udveikus ba'ashem isbarach. That's what we're doing here. We need to get close to Hashem. He quotes a Musa Sefer. I love that. Don't you love it? Nesivas Shalom, Chassidish Rebbe, the Slonim Rebbe, quoting a Musa Sefer. The Mesilas Yeshorim says, the very purpose that God created humanity, who is so that a human being, a mammal, a creature of the physical world, can benefit from the beauty of God's glory and can come close to Hashem. And the truth is, Hashem created all kinds of uh, um, interruptions and interferences and hurdles between Him and them. All the things that we need to do in the, daily, in the course of daily life. There's so many things. We need to eat breakfast. If I didn't eat breakfast, how am I going to function? If I didn't call my friend, if I didn't check the stocks, the stock market, it went up, it went down. If I don't check it, how am I going to live? Do you know what all those things are? They're distractions from your primary directive. That's what they are. What is your primary directive? Kirva udveikus bashem barach. That's why you're here. What have you done about that today? I bet you've eaten breakfast. But what have you done about Kirva Udveikus Lashem is Barach? Many, many things. All the things that a person does from the ordinary course of life, whether it's eating, drinking, all the things that you need to do. I needed to make my bed, I needed to, uh, to you know, get dressed this morning, I need to have a shower, I need to do exercise, all the things that you need to do just to keep yourself going. They are all taking us away, there are digressions and distractions taking us away, away from our primary directive, which is And everything about the Torah and all the mitzvahs, they are helps and assistances that God gave to the Jews, so that he can stand in the breach 
that he can withstand all those distractions and treat them as distractions and digressions and focus on his primary directive. But over and above that, God gave through his gracious mercy. He gave Al Yisrael for the Jewish people as Inyan Birkas Kohenim. He gave them the whole concept of the priestly blessing. It is the primary example of this concept of cause and effect in the spiritual sphere. Every single day there should be a blessing of the heavenly Shefa. How to come close to Hashem and to cleave to His Shechina. In fact, he says this is the central theme of the Hasidic movement by having created the concept of a spiritual leader, not a functionary, a rabbi who answers Shilas, but the concept of a spiritual leader, of a mashpia, ba'ahava, to a makabel or group of makablim, ki ka'omu kol shefa elyoin, hu davka mashpia makabel. The whole concept of receiving everything that heaven has to give us, and from which we can benefit, is all through this medium, this paradigm of mashpia, and Makabel of cause and effect. This is the source of blessing. For any matter that requires blessing, that requires this supernatural Shefa from Hashem Isbarach. Without it, you will never really truly realize your spiritual objectives. And the only way that a mashpia can connect with the makabel, and by the way, a makabel can connect with the mashpia, is through the medium of a hava, of love. The Rizhina Rebbe, the Heiliger Rizhina, as we call him in Yiddish, the great-grandson of the Magad of Mezrich, and the founding Hasidic Rebbe of many dynasties, including Sadiger and Bayan, and of, uh, of many others, including Vizhnitz, by the way. Vizhnitz Hasidim are also descended from the Rebbe of Rizhin. Rabbi Shral of Rizhin, who died in 1850, he says, tzadik. Why is it that we give money to a Tzadik? Why do we give the money? It seems a bit shabby to give money to a tzaddik. In yona lekesher bein hanoisein lemekabel. It's to establish this kesher, this connection, this close association and affinity and love between the noisein, the giver, umekabel, and the receiver. It's not a one-way street that the mashpia has to love the makabel. The makabel also has to love, as we saw earlier on, the makabel has to love the mashpia. 
And that is the very reason why the Torah commands the Jewish nation to give gifts to the Kohanim, to give gifts to the priests. That is why you have to give Truma. That's why you have to give Maser. By giving gifts to the priests, you're establishing a connection of love. They will love you and you will love them. What does Nesina do? It develops love. And it makes a connection between the Mashpia and the Mekabel Shezehu Mekor Habracha. This indeed is the very essence, the source, the root, the foundation of blessing. And now he goes into greater detail with regard to the actual brachas themselves. What are the brachas that we say that the Kohanim say? Say the Kohanim. God should bless you and guard you. Shezkiru b'chazal b'zeh kama pirushim. Chazal offer various interpretations for this. The first posuk with three words of the priestly blessing. Yivarechecho Hashem. God should bless you. Be'inyonim ha'gashmiyim u'be'inyonim ha'ruchniyim. Both with physical, material things and with spiritual things. Va'al v'yishmerecho. And on the word v'yishmerecho amru chazal, chazal teach us, b'medrash shehu min hamazikim, you should be protected from those that wish to damage you. By the way, it could be physical, it could be mazikim, who are spiritual harmers that want to cause you harm. Hainu d'chmoisha b'inyonim gashmiyim shayich mazikin. Just as in the um, material world, there are those who wish to cause you harm, in the same way, there are those who want to cause you harm and damage, and those within the spiritual world who want to cause you spiritual harm and damage. We find that it said about the Torah that it is the holiest of all things. Nevertheless, we see that Chazal teach us in Meseches Tanis, Dav Zayin Amad Aleph, Lozeh Nasis Sam Chayim, Lozeh Nasis Sam Moves. There is both a Sam Chayim, an elixir of life, and Sam Moves, there is poison. Shegam Bidvar Kodesh Kokach Shaykh Mazikin. Even in matters of holiness, there is the potential for grave and harm and damage. That's why we say, even about something as wonderful and as bountiful and as productive as rain, rain is what um, produces the crops through the water, Penetrating into the earth, the crops grow, they thrive on water. Nevertheless, we say when we pray for rain, Philas Geshem, we say that the rain should be Librocha, Veloili Klola, it should be for a blessing and not for a curse. Why? Even rain, which at its very core is the its foundation, it's the greatest example that we have of blessing. 
All the blessings of the Torah are always mentioned in association with the concept of rain. It's the greatest of all blessings. If it over rains, it can flood and cause great harm and great damage. The same thing that can be a bracha can also be a klola. And so too with Torah. Torah can be the greatest blessing of all, or in the wrong hands, or in the wrong method, in the wrong way, it can be a curse. And in every aspect of service to God, we have this dichotomy between bracha and klola. For example, you study Torah and you have the wrong intent. You don't study it because of reverence for God or because of you want to have this kirva odveikus l'Hashem izbarach. If it's done properly, it can be an elixir of life. But if it's done wrongly, it can be poison. And when it comes to this Indian, we really, really need the bracha from the Kohanim, Vayishmerecha. Min hamazikin, from those that can cause harm, or from that which can cause harm. The koyach ha-shefa elyon shall birkas kohanim. And it is through the shefa elyon of the priestly blessing, yored al yedeh ha-mashpia, through the cause that is generated by love, l'mekabal shmira b'chol ha-inyonim, we can receive the effect of being guarded from every matat shrichim shmira that requires such a guard that we may be protected from those who wish to cause us harm. I'm going to say two more paragraphs here in the Nesivas Shalom, and the rest you'll find in the source sheet, which is just going to be a PDF of this wonderful piece from the Nesivas Shalom, which will be appended to the SoundCloud, to the YouTube, and on my website. Yoir Hashem Ponovelechovichuneko is the next posse. God should shine his countenance upon you and show you graciousness. His father-in-law, who said over this incredible idea and whose yard site it is today. It is the uh, the Akdomus that we just said over Shvuas. On the first day of Shavuos. When you shine a harsh light on the things around you, what does it show you? You know that uh, people like it when it's a bit dark, they can't see the features, or people can't see their features, everything looks much better in the dark. You can't see it. Well, it's probably a good thing. And then you put the light on and suddenly you see that all the things that you thought looked okay don't look so great after all. Uh, what do you do then? Oh, you turn the light off. What happens if you have a very harsh light? I'm here under an arc light because here uh, to make sure that the uh, movie of this particular shear is going to be able to be seen properly on YouTube, I have to have a light shining on me. Sometimes the light is a little bright. I'm not so happy with the result. And the very brightest light sometimes shows all kinds of faults and flaws. Not just in ourselves, but in the people around us and in the world around us. Things don't look as great 
in the harsh glare of pure light. That's what it says in Akdomus. As the Nesiva Shalom puts it, he quoting his father-in-law, they, um, they are truly darkness and worthless. Do you know where your soul comes from? Your soul comes from God himself. That is true beauty. That is the only thing that's Einoi Choshech. That is the only thing that is not darkness. Your Neshama. Everything else in the harsh glare of the strongest light is not going to look so great. Because the physicality and material nature of the human being, of the human body, of the world, demands all of those things which distract you from your primary directive, which is in order to achieve closeness. Kirva Udvekas Lashem Yisbarach. Says and he quoted beautifully in the Nesivas Sholem. Do you know what the true tanug, the true pleasure of life will be more than any other pleasure that you may ever experience? Is when a Jew will feel Yo'er Hashem ponov elecha, that the light of God is shining on you. That's the only true light. That's the only light that we should be basking in. It's not the light of the sun. You don't go sunbathing. It's not a good idea. Go Hashem bathing. That's a great idea. Yo'er Hashem ponov elecha. Let's bask in the light of Hashem. That is true brocha. That is the brocha. Of, of having a kesher with Hashem Yisbarach. And finally, on the final pasuk, Hashem should withdraw any level of anger that He may have against you. That is the best bracha of all. That is the most wonderful bracha. The removal of anger, the removal of ill-feeling, we need this greatest blessing. That God should never be angry with the Jewish nation. That is unbelievable, that bracha. Why do we need it? The explanation is that via Birkas Koen in the priestly blessing. It is only via this idea of Mashpia through Ahava that we can be Makabel the Brocha and achieve the result of Yisa Hashem Mimcha. It is only through this unity that's created via a mashpia that gives over to a makabel through ahava that we can get this blessing of Yisra Hashem Panav Eilecha. 
Even though through the natural course of events, spiritually speaking, God should be angry with us, we're not perfect. He's very demanding of us. We don't live up to those demands, do we? We're not perfect, as God would expect of us. So how is he going to not be angry? He asked us to do something we didn't do it properly, or maybe not at all. Say the Kohanim, who are the Mashpiim, Ba'ahava, with love, Yisra Hashem Panovelecha. We want God to not be angry. And we receive as the Makablim this bracha, this greatest bracha of all. Shehu Inyan Al Tivi, it's supernatural. As a result of this blessing is why we receive this incredible gift from up above. Above and over and above nature from the mashpia to the mekabel. And that's why we can say that the concept of Birkas Kohanim, of a priestly blessing, is a gift that God gave to his nation. So that we can focus on cleaving to God, of coming close to Hashem. And to strengthen this concept, this fundamental concept, in everything that we do that requires a bracha, and we truly understand that everything in creation, because this is a central theme of creation, this concept of cause and effect, even in the spiritual realm. And then once we understand that nothing that we have didn't come without a mashpia, nothing that we have achieved was ever achieved without a mashpia, we'll realize that in the spiritual realm it's no different. We need a mashpia. Gam inyonim haruchniim hagvoyim of the highest nature. Nimshochim rak alidei mashpia makabel. They can only ever be achieved if we have a mashpia and we have a makabel. That's why Birkas Kohenim is so important. That's why we have within the bracha bekedushasei shalahara in ambahava. And that is why the Mishnah tells us, find a Rebbe, find a mentor, find somebody who can influence you spiritually. Don't imagine through your arrogance that you don't need a mashpia and that you don't need to be a makabel. You need to learn from others. And by the way, you need to be a mashpia for others. That is, as it were, the natural supernatural order of events. That is the way it needs to be. And we have, as the window into that incredible phenomenon, we have Birkas Kernim, the priestly blessing. We leave it here. Thank you so much for joining me.